everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Great American Senior Show. And I am fortunate enough to be back in Brevard County, and you're raising the big question mark saying, why? Well, because Brevard County, Florida is a great place to live. It has awesome people, and one of the people that I have gotten to know very well just happens to be the sheriff of Brevard County, Wayne Ivey. Welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me, man. Love doing it. And, you know, I I really want to stress to our audience that as your gray-haired host, we like to make sure that seniors in particular are prepared for every eventuality, and you help do that, and and it's much, much appreciated, which brings us to the topic of hurricane season. Uh, Hurricane season lasts six months in Florida, and when the, the hurricane warnings and the tropical storm watches and warnings go up, your department doesn't just uh, take a break. Right. You're very, very active. What happens? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, there's there's two dynamics that are working there. There's the, the lead up to um, where, <coughs> excuse me, where we're trying to make sure our citizens have everything they need to uh, weather the storm, if you will. Um, uh, you know, if we're evacuating the barrier islands, of course, we're working with our partners from the different police departments and the highway patrol to get everybody safely um, out of those those low-lying areas. So the, the first dynamic is building up to it, us making sure that everybody has the preparedness. You know, they, they always say that if you show me a problem, I'll show you where part of the solution is education and awareness. So the more informed you are, the more aware you are, the more prepared you are, you're going you're gonna to be able to deal with any type of critical incident, including a hurricane. Um, the benefit to, you know, people always talk about, oh, man, you have hurricanes in Florida. We do. But you have days um, and, and sometimes weeks knowing that that hurricane is going to near your proximity. Um, other areas in the Midwest and everywhere, they have tornadoes and those spring up instantaneously and you have no way of being prepared. So the good news for us is on a hurricane, we know it's coming, we can get prepared. And we also know it's a season. So we can we can get our citizens prepared with, you know, everything they need to to deal with that. One of the things that we often tell our, our people is um, our citizens is don't just look at yourself, look around you because you've got to be prepared to take care of you. Um, uh, batten down the hatches, have the right su- supplies, uh, the, the right things to sustain being without power for days. So many people have generators today, which really helps. Um, but you also have to look at your pets as well. Uh, do you have all of your medications? Do you have your pets medications, plenty of dog food, cat food, whatever it may be. Um, so that's, that's tier one. Tier two is taking care of our own team uh, because many of them are going to be displaced from their homes. Uh, often their spouse and children are left there to, to deal with it themselves. Now, we allow our our team to bring their families with them to our precincts, which are all very secure and, and weather structured. So uh, but we make sure they're prepared. You know, the last thing we want is our team to be out here trying to help save lives and having to worry about their, their own family. So we, we make sure we cover each other in the different geography of, of Brevard County. Then the storm hits. And, uh, you know, there are certain points in the storm where we're out trying to secure the area. We're out trying to make sure that everybody's, you know, batting down. Um, and then the winds start to pick up. And people don't realize this, but there are certain levels of wind that we will no longer respond in. We put our, our units at risk, our members at risk, fire departments the same way. And so what happens is if you're in an evacuation area and you don't heed the warning to evacuate, 
and the winds reach 70 miles an hour and something happens, we can't get to you. I, I think the, the general rule of thumb is once those winds reach sustained winds of 35 miles an hour, the fire department's not coming out anymore. Um, and it's very difficult for us to get out. So, um, you know, obviously we're going to do everything we can, no matter what the conditions are to try and save lives. But when, when we ask you to evacuate, we're asking you to evacuate not only to help protect you, but also because we can't get to you at that point. So, um, you know, when, when the hurricane hits that, that's probably the, the downtime for our team because they're, they're in the precincts or they're in the structures and we're waiting on it to come at the eye. Generally, we come out as quickly as we can assess what kind of damage we have right in our own immediate backyard. And then, uh, we wait for the second phase of the storm. And once it's over, now our team's out. We're looking for down power lines. We're looking for flooding. Uh, people don't realize it, but often in hurricanes, the most devastation comes from flooding, not the winds, but from actual flooding. Uh, we're looking for, uh, you know, people that are trapped. We're trying to look at our bridges, you know, especially the bridges that lead to the barrier islands. People want to get back to their homes. They want to get back to, you know, check on everything. We can't let you back across that causeway until we have validated that there's no down power lines, that the conditions are safe. And so a lot of behind the scenes working going on with our partners at our local municipalities, both fire rescue and uh, law enforcement uh, to make sure all of that's taken care of. Public works is a big part of this. Our, our Brevard County EOC, uh, uh, the team over there now that we have in place does an amazing job and we have a great partnership with them. And I have to give a, a big shout out to those folks as well. Uh, not in recent years, but in previous years, I played a role with the uh, American Red Cross and I had the, and I called it an opportunity to interact with EOCs all over the state because we wanted to give updates and status reports of what was going on. And the folks in the EOCs, sometimes they are the unrecognized heroes because oh, they're there 24 yeah. seven they and, are. and literally yeah. wide awake the whole yeah. time. They are. Um, they're supplying medical supplies. They're supplying food, water, um, uh, everything, um, housing, you know, with, with their portable housings and stuff. Our, um, uh, Salvation Army here has a great outreach, um, on, on, uh, critical incidents. They've got a full food truck, everything else. Um, and you know, uh, one thing I will say going back years and years of doing this for 42 years now and being at hurricanes across the state and across the country, for a matter of fact, um, uh, when you, when you get to those red cross or the Salvation Army, um, and they have, uh, uh, Fried chicken fingers, man, that might be the best meal you've eaten in your lifetime, or at least it feels like it is right then. It is when you see the and and it's uh, it's it's really a, a nice thought. You see those herbs, the emergency response vehicles coming yeah. down the street, and people coming out of their houses because, yeah. yay, somebody yeah. is is helping us out. Yeah. But I want to go back to um, to the barrier islands for a moment, and because you said two things, and and from my experience, barrier islands. Uh, a lot of folks don't want to evacuate for fear that once they board up and the hurricane comes, the looters are going to come and try to stock up. How do you get them off the island? Yeah. So, you know, again, education and awareness. Um, uh, one of the mistakes when when Hurricane Katrina hit Mississippi, I worked for the Florida Department of Law Enforcement at the time. And I, um, I was the incident commander for Harrison County, Mississippi, which is Biloxi, past Christiane, Gulfport, that, that entire, um, region. And 
one of the things that we found were so many of the citizens didn't want to leave their homes. They, they were worried about looters and everything else. Um, and, and so they didn't. And those were the ones that were put in peril and many of them lost their, lost their lives. Um, the, the second part of that is some of them had lived through hurricanes before and thought this was just going to be another normal yep. hurricane. And then of yep. course it was the devastating, uh, catastrophic hurricane it became. So, Again, education and awareness technology is so dynamic today that we're able to predict with pretty good precision where that storm is going to come. Um, uh, when you look at the different models out there, sooner or later, they all align and give you a couple of days to prepare. So, you know, we try and again, educate our citizens as much as possible. But with, with respect to the looters, we, we are out patrolling. Um, to the very last moment that we can, because as conditions deteriorate, we we're looking for those type of things. Uh, Brevard County is a very unique county. Uh, we are one of the few counties in the state of Florida that in the 10 years or nine years that I've been sheriff, we've never during a hurricane had a, um, a curfew. And the reason for that is we ask our citizens to partner with us all the time. And when we ask our, and they do, we've lowered our crime rate because of our citizens partnership. So when we ask them to stay in place, they do it. They know that we're asking them that for a good reason. And so we don't need a curfew. We got good law abiding citizens that trust us to tell them when to come out and when to, to, you know, hunker down to those that might go out and, and do looting to those that might go out and do things they shouldn't. They don't care if there's a curfew or not. They're still going out. So it's really the only person you're putting a curfew on is the person that's going to listen to you anyway. And and so we don't do a curfew. We go out and we patrol. We put bad people in jail. If you're out trying to steal somebody's stuff, we're going to, we're going to put you in a very safe place for the hurricane, the Brevard County Jail. And for the homeowners who are in their homes, no matter where they are, they still have a right to defend their property. Absolutely. Um, that, you know, your, your right to defend um, yourself um, uh, goes, goes with you everywhere, um, you go. And so whether you're at your home and, and somebody's trying to, to harm you there, or you're at a hotel and somebody's trying to harm you, the right to protect yourself goes everywhere. You know, we, we always tell everybody, um, uh, there's nothing in your house except you and your pets that we can't replace. We can replace your TV. We can replace everything. Take those things, you know, as hurricane season starts coming up, put together your go pack. Uh, put, you know, your precious pictures in it, um, your, your, you know, artifacts, the things that you, you really couldn't replace, put them in your go pack, have them readily accessible. Again, the great thing about a hurricane is we have days and sometimes weeks to, to make our movements. I'll pass on a little tip that, uh, someone from law enforcement told me quite a number of years ago. Uh, and it was regarding people that did not want to evacuate. He actually had a magic marker and a piece of plastic card and he said here write your name on this and put it in your pocket so we'll be able to identify the next of kin yeah and he said that worked yeah he's like you know in in katrina yeah. so many of them didn't anticipate the flooding and they literally found people in their attics that um had drowned and uh, people that had tried to had gone up in their attic and actually tried to chop through the the wood and the shingles to to escape uh it was it was unbelievable i've lived in florida my whole life and uh saw the devastation of hurricane andrew um man i can go back in memory yeah. all the way to dora um which a lot of people yeah. don't even know what i'm talking about yep. but it was it was a brutal hurricane but 
um, uh, when, when you look at, um, uh, Hurricane Katrina, it, it was, it, it kind of wiggled at the last moment. Um, it created an unbelievable wave, um, and flood. Uh, I mean, literally, uh, gambling barges were washed up a half mile on the shore. And, uh, so it gives you an idea of what, what that looks like. Um, uh, the two things that stand out in my mind from being at Katrina and the type of devastation that one of these storms can produce is, um, uh, we went to where a Walmart once was and the only thing left in the Walmart, you could see all the way from the front of the store to the back of the store, down the sides, the side walls were still up. The front of the store was gone and the back of the store was gone. And there was not a single piece of merchandise or anything left in the store. It was found almost two miles down the road where the storm surge carried it. Um, gives you an idea of the devastation. Uh, the second thing that just stands out in my mind is you would, um, you'd drive down the coast where the, the big hotels were. And the only thing you would see <coughs> are the, uh, the pads, the concrete pads where the hotels once were. Yes. And usually the only thing left standing, which I've always thought, um, I don't think I would fit in one, but I've always thought it might be a nice secure place. The only thing left standing were the industrial washer and dryers because they were bolted to the um, uh, foundation. And I always thought, man, if I had to, I could get in one of those, but I really don't know if I'd fit in it or not. Well, I'm not I, sure I, I can tell you, anyway. I would not fit. Yeah. I, I would be so, uh, out of luck. Yeah. And, and then, you, you know, the other thing too, that's, that's odd about a storm, if you mm-hmm. haven't been on the, on the surface where one's at is how it picks and chooses what it destroys. Yeah. And I've literally seen homes that were completely gone down to the foundation and the house next to it with not a shingle blowed off the roof. Um, I remember being in a park out in, um, uh, Biloxi. And the park was completely devastated. Everything was gone. The swings, the, the, I mean, the bathhouses, everything was gone. The only thing that was still standing in that park and the irony of this was Humpty Dumpty, who was sitting on a wall. And that was the only thing that was left there. So, you know, when, uh, when you, when you look at how it picks and chooses, it's pretty amazing. Shelters. Uh, we in the past have had to worry about COVID. But really, one of the things that people tell me they worry about are sexual offenders mm-hmm. in shelters. Right. But there is a solution for that. There is. We have we have um, uh, shelters that are designated uh, specifically for sexual offenders. They're not for families. They're nothing of that nature. Um, so those those are very well um, highlighted on the, the EOC site. Uh, if you're a registered sex offender, that's where you go um, uh, to that that uh, shelter. So um, same thing with pets there. You know, the shelters take the pets and we have great partners here, the the kennel club and others that, you know, allow us to store our pets, our mm-hmm. our animal right. care center um, uh, pets that we have up for adoption. Uh, so there's, there's a whole big dynamic movement that happens when these, when these storms occur. And, you know, for me and, and, uh, some of our, our team, we're out in the middle of it. I mean, I, uh, some of our team actually physically come into the room that you and I are sitting in right now, and this is where they bed down. Um, I'm usually out, uh, in the storm until I just can't be anymore. And then I, um, I make my way to, uh, to my house and, and then as soon as I can get back out, um, Junie and I are in the truck and we're going out to survey and see what's going on. June bug is at it. Oh, yeah. uh, before I move off of hurricanes, uh, for those who want to find out more, they can go to a, a variety of websites. Sure. 
Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you can always go to our website, brevardsheriff.com, but the Brevard County Emergency Operations Center is, is really the, the, the great source for information about hurricanes, hurricane preparedness. Um, uh, and as again, as, as I said, the staff that they have in place today, I think is second to none. I, I, I love working with them. Post hurricane. And we have people with tarps on and we have people from all over the state coming in to help, but in right. some cases they're not here to help and you take care of that by making sure that the, the right people are here not the bad people right and so you know there's so many different um uh, vendors contractors that come in um there's licensing procedures they need to go to to be able to work in that um uh you know the first movement you usually see coming in is the the folks that are here to help restore power and they come from all sorts from everything from um uh fpnl to private contractors to esplenda everybody that's coming in um, and they usually all have their licensing and everything else um, on their trucks. Uh, the second wave that comes in are the ones that are offering to fix your roof, um, to, you know, cut trees down. And many of them are legitimate, truly here for the best intentions. Sadly, though, there are those that come here to rip people off. And uh, so our team immediately kicks into gear. Obviously, our Attorney General, Ashley Moody, does a great job at, at helping fight uh, price gouging, at helping fight fraud and all of those things. But our team's working it, too. We're looking for fraudulent contractors. We're looking those that are coming here um, to uh, try and take advantage of people that are in harm's way. One last question, and then uh, I'm going to wrap up here. But if someone is evacuating and they're passing through Brevard County, they run out of gas and they're on the interstate or even some of the local highways, what should they do? So, you know, I mean, obviously always, um, uh, you know, try and, if it's not an emergency, um, uh, you know, try and call our local number and, and uh, traffic's going to be thick. There's going to be people moving everywhere. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get somebody out there to you. Um, I, I always recommend, um, you know, having some type of uh, automotive AAA or, or whatever it is that's going to be able to, to offer assistance to you. But keep in mind, those folks are busy too. And so uh, the best way to avoid vehicle maintenance is preventive maintenance. Um, the, the best way to avoid an emergency is to prepare to not have an emergency. And so we, uh, you know, we encourage everybody to do it. You know, the, the other part of this, too, is a lot of people wait to the very last minute. Yes. And then they're out there and they're stranded and they can't get to them and they're stuck. And so um, don't wait to the last minute. Um, go into action right now to save your life, your family's life, and your pet's life. All good information, and Sheriff, you have my promise that we are going to put this up on uh, all of the podcast. and if we have an incident where the hurricane is knocking on our door, tropical storm, whatever it is, we're going to make sure that we get this out over and over and over again because you're a resource, and more importantly than just being a resource, you're saving lives, and I think our citizens here in Brevard County and throughout the state need to know that you're here. Thank you, my friend. And we we appreciate the partnership with you and you getting this information out for us. Thank you. My pleasure. And uh, can you come back for another episode? Absolutely, man. I'd love to. You know, anytime you want me, man, we'll work it in. Looking forward to it. And until that episode, I'm Sam Yates, your gray-haired host of the Great American Senior Show. And that's the way our program ends. Mm -hmm.